Welcome to week 120 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Hey, Steve. What's going on? Not much. I saw the new Matrix movie, and I, I'm not gonna. I'm not here to talk about the Matrix movie, but the only reason I bring it up is because Aunt Rachel's in it. Did you like it? I mean, you can say that. No, no, I didn't like no. it at all. And okay. I love, I love all the Matrix movies. I'm a, I'll, I'll watch all three of them anytime. I was told one, uh, give it another couple watches. I don't know if I could bring myself to do that. How about one, I don't know one if, more? I've th- I, I probably will because I have thought about that, but... Just have it on in the background while you're doing stuff and see if there's stuff you haven't caught. I don't think... I, I, I definitely don't think you can watch it like that. I think if you're going to get more out of it, that's the, the wrong way to watch it. But I don't think there's much more to get out of it. All right. Um. Cool. I watched... Yeah. Um, oh, Rachel. The new in Sex the and the City. Both of them. Oof. <laughs> All four. What do you mean, both? What do you mean both of them? Are they doing it like week by week episodes? Two come out of every week or something like that. Oh, so okay. I watched. The it's two. not called Sex in the City though. It might as well be. It's called. And then she something something. And then something happened. It's a line. It's, a, it's like it's a Carrie Bradshaw line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool man. Hey, I like Sex in the City too. I've seen all of the other stuff except for the new ep- the new season, new stuff. You might as well watch it. Probably get around to it at some point. Wait till it all comes out. I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like eager to get get on it. Hey, um, we're a TGIF podcast. We yeah, talk man. about all of the shows that aired 30 years ago on TGIF. And uh, before we get into all that, a few things that we need to get into first. Uh, thanks to Marcoosh Main for the theme song this week. Thank you, Marcoosh. And uh, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFcast. You can also uh, shoot us emails, TGIFcast at gmail.com. And we have mm-hmm. a YouTube channel that you can follow. Just go uh, search Two Guys in a Fridays. It's pretty easy to do. It's just a little button on there that says subscribe. That's all you got to do. You know, we should have recorded our countdown episode just to have something to put up there. But too late. Too late oh, to we should have made a video of that? Yeah, why not, right? I feel like that would require like some video editing, like where we show like graphics and stuff, which I don't feel like doing. I guess that's fair. I I don't know how to do that. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, wow. Leave us a review. We we never ask for that. But uh, go like on iTunes and leave us a review. It helps out, I think. It does. Other podcasts say to do it. So I'm guessing it helps something. Yeah. It's like 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 subscribe. No, that's YouTube review rate review and and subscribe rate review and and share with your friends. And then on YouTube, what do you you like? Subscribe, like subscribe. I don't know, man. My my five year old can tell us real quick if we were. She could. Yeah, she could. But yeah, do all that stuff because we never ask for it. So just go ahead and do it. We'll ask today and probably again in like a year or something. Yeah, that's our annual. This is our annual fun drive. Just yeah. like our stuff. Subscribe and, and share. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about we talk about TGIF and uh, these episodes that we're going to talk about this week are episodes that would have aired 30 years ago, which would have been what date? Yes, this is a big one. These would have aired uh, January 3rd of 1992. So we're going into the third calendar year, uh, fourth calendar, year, third 89.9. So technically, the fourth calendar year that we are of talking about. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, 1992. We're we're in a, we're in a whole new year. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, let's see. Before we get into the episodes, we do like to go back and see what was going on in the world 30 years ago. And on January 1st, 1991, uh, the New York City Transit raised its rates, which. Uh, doesn't happen that often, but it did happen. I got I got some facts down here for you. Facts. It, it did happen um, in 90, 91, and 92, which was a lot because it does not happen that frequently. After that, it didn't happen again until like 95, and then it didn't happen again after that until 2003. So it's not like they're <laughs> raising it every year. And I was in New York recently, and my friend likes to tell me that uh, the cost of the metro is also equivalent to the cost of a slice of pizza at your normal pizza place. The metro, the subway. Isn't that what you call it? 
No, you don't call it a metro in New York. You call it a subway. I always call it the metro. The metro is like DC. Why do they call it? Why do they give you a metro card? Because that's just the name of the card. No. No one. In, I don't think anyone in New York calls it the metro. They call it the train. They call it the subway. They, no, they, they, they definitely don't call it the subway. Subway is different from the train. No, they all say the train. Eh, I don't know. Isn't it a train that goes underground? Neither of us live in New York, so we don't know the right answer to this to this conversation. That's fine. Uh, how much do you think the whatever you want to call it cost back then? Back then, seventy five cents. Uh, nineteen ninety one. It was uh, jumped up to or no ninety two. I guess January first, nineteen ninety two. Jumped to a dollar twenty five. Buck twenty five. Okay. Right now, two seventy five. I was going to say two fifty. Right now, I always buy a, like a week card or a month card. Probably a week card. Um, I think you get a little bit of a savings. Two seventy five is the base fare. Three dollars yeah. is for a single ride Metro car ticket. I, I've got a small collection of New York City transit maps and tokens and old Metro cards. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with that? I've got one. I've got one from like the fifties. I got like a map from like the fifties. Pretty cool. What was? <laughs> what? <laughs> What, what? what about movies and music? What's going on? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's going on. It's there the were no stuff. movies? Oh, just no, no movies, new ones. No. It was still it was still Hook as the number one movie, and it is still Ta- black, Taz's and, son black Hook? or white. No, not Taz's son. Hook. He wasn't even, I probably wasn't even born in 19... He definitely wasn't even born no in No way he was born. Yeah. Uh, and Black or White by Michael Jackson is the number That's one. That's got to fall off sometime soon. Ah, uh, I mean, no. yes. I think. I mean, I think it does, but... I think it's Michael Jackson in the 90s. Like, it's not like it's that it, it song's going to be big for, for a little bit longer. It's a big one. And uh, it, it's got Macaulay Coggin in it. Everyone's trying to get off that Home Alone uh, money, just like uh, our first episode that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. I mean, they just straight up called it Home Alone. Yep. So, yeah, let's get into it. This is Step by Step let's Season 1, Episode 14. The name of the episode is Home Alone. I guess um, it's important to note that Family Matters was on reruns this week. So, that's why there is no. No family matters. Yeah, so we're going to... What are we doing? A dinosaurs? We're going to talk about dinosaurs at the end of this. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, I, I was hoping that it was just a complete ripoff of Home Alone, but it, it wasn't exactly. But uh, It wasn't at all. I mean, <laughs> it was, there were was, some kids left alone. At a, in home, at a home. Yeah. That's it. So Frank and Carol, they're going to go take um like their eighth honeymoon already, I guess. And they're going away for the weekend. <laughs> Even and, though they claim they haven't had any honeymoon. They're going to what? To Milwaukee? Is that where they're going? Do they say where they're going? Yeah, I think they're going to Milwaukee. And Okay, uh, I was wondering the whole time. I was like, what big city are they going to that, that anyone cares about around Port Washington, Wisconsin? Yeah, JT's complaining that Dana's in charge. He thinks he should be in charge. And You know uh, who doesn't complain that surprises me here is Karen. Like, Karen's the oldest child, and for some reason she's like, I don't care. I don't want to do this anyways. Is Karen definitely older than Dana? Yeah, right? Isn't I'm she? trying to figure that out this episode. I think she is. I think she is. So Dana's in charge. JT doesn't like it. I don't think Al likes it really either. But um, well, of course, none of the Fosters like it. The big thing is Lamberts. Any of the Lamberts. Before Carol leaves, she says no parties. Of and, course, uh, no the parties. door shuts, and the first thing all the Lamberts yell is "It's party time!" So that's setting us up for what we're gonna have this episode. It looks like. Yep, it's party time. So after the theme song, we come back to uh, Dana calling everyone in for dinner. She's made some Frank and beans, which I was expecting a Frank joke here, but we didn't get one. I Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't like think it would have been easy. Just about the joke that they make is that she seems to like not have cooked the hot dogs. I didn't really understand the joke they were going I think for. it's just a, la- a lame dinner. Like they wanted something a little more extravagant than uh, some hot dogs and some baked beans. But uh, anyways. From their, from their 14-year-old sister? Yeah. Is she 14? I guess we're going. I mean, her. she can't be that much older than 14. She's not. She doesn't drive. I don't think. Does how, she how did they get to that bar? Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm thinking about that, too. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. She seems like a 14 year old to me. She's 16. So anyways, um, <laughs> sure. Dana's like, I've got some friends coming over and they're like, what? You've got friends coming over? And she's like, it's just my study group friends. And they're like, well, if you get friends, then we get friends. And eventually she caves in pretty quickly and says, all right, everyone can have two people come over. I don't want to say she caves in. I think she's reasonable. I think that she's inviting two friends over. She says that they're to study. And do you Dana, know how many kids are already in this house? Two friends per person. That's a lot of people in this house. It's true, but she's being reasonable to to the situation because I mean she's she is having friends over, but I, I believe her that she's having two friends over to study. And so why? What's wrong? If with I was the in charge, I would say all right. When my two friends leave, we can go down the line and then someone else can have two friends for the same ah, amount of time that I had my two friends. We're not getting fifty kids in this house because. 
How many? What, what if your there? friends stay for two hours? How, is there six people? Equi- six. There's kids? six kids. That's not equitable. And then, and then you know, Brendan. Brendan's not going to have any there, friends. So we're up to eighteen now. Eighteen kids. Yeah, yeah but Brendan's not going to have any friends. Have any friends come over? He's got a better chance of having friends than Mark. Well, let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. Um, so yeah, she agrees. Everyone bring two friends over, and then we go over to the hotel room. Frank and Carol are arriving. They've got their like, uh, what do you call that guy? Like a host, a doorman, mm-hmm. a, a bellhop. bellhop. He's in there yeah. trying to show him the room, and uh, it's not great. There's two twin beds to start off, um, and they're yes. supposed to be in the honeymoon suite. There's uh, bugs in the bathroom that the bellhop has to crush. And I assume they were bugs and not like a mouse or a rat. I was like. Yeah, I guess it could be a rat. I'm going bugs. Yeah. I don't think I'm not. I mean, me personally, I'm not stepping on a mouse. You're not, but that bellhop certainly you is. Think not he's used crushing to it. a mouse. With I foot? think he's just like another, just another one, just another day, another day at the at the at the work at the job. So it looks like they're gonna make it work, but then like a big train comes by and starts shaking the walls. The bellhop has to like oh, hold the paintings onto the uh, walls so they don't fall. And uh, Carol is done at this point. She's like, let's go. I want to leave. I don't want to be here. Yeah, she wants to go home. But Frank's like, we'll make the best. He even tries to bribe the bellhop porter or whatever you want to call him to see if he can get him a better room. And he's like, no, we have a they, they make some some comment about them having a convention. And that's why they can't get a better room. Although I question if there is actually any better rooms. No, hotel. I think it was um, a different hotel. Like, this is the only hotel choice. Oh, uh, you think convention. that's what he was saying? I, I don't know. That's what I got out of it. But sure. um, yeah, they're going to have to make this work because, uh, I mean, it's their honeymoon, honeymoon, honeymoon or something. Frank's uh, Frank's optimistic. Frank Frank thinks that he can make this work. Yeah. And she, he kind of like uh, gets Carol into the mood. She's like, all right, well, I'm going to go into the bathroom and change. And uh, Frank is trying to uh, push the beds together at this point while she's in the bathroom. So at least they can have two twins together. And while he leans over to do this, he throws his back out. Like classic style, stuck in that position, can barely move. Yeah, so Frank is bent over. He's not moving. And he's trying to hide it from Carol for some reason. I mean, I guess he's, I don't know. I feel like he I, might as well just tell I think Carol he already kind of feels defeated and doesn't want to have like just one more, one more loss to add to the record. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, um, yeah, so we've got Carol in the bathroom getting dressed. Frank bent over in the hotel room, and uh, then we go back to the uh, to the house. And now uh, we've got Mark trying to call any person he can from his classroom because <laughs> he can't find friends. He needs to find two people to come over. Cody comes in, comments on, uh, he's like, oh, I'll be one of your friends, so then you'll have two. And he's like, well, you were the one I was already counting as one of my <laughs> friends, so... Yeah, yeah. Poor, and, poor Mark. And like none of the kids in his class even know who he is. Yeah, he's, he's like, like Foster. He's like, You're my friend. Mark who? Foster. Everyone he calls. But uh, yeah, so he's having no luck. Um, then we go to JT in the living room. He's got a couple friends over. Uh, one is that guy from Family Matters, right? Uh, is that I not? Is that not Eddie's I, friend I from not, Family so there Matters? Is, there are a couple. There are a couple ex TJF, but I don't. I don't know. He's not credited. If he is, it's, it's not. not it's credited. not Rodney from Family. It's not Matters. Rodney. Okay, it's not I Rodney. thought it was Rodney. No. But there are a couple familiar faces. Okay, so he's got two friends in there to start off with, and uh, one of his friends, Jonah, has also invited two people over. <laughs> who um, they uh, JT answers the door, and it's two girls, right? Yep, two girls. So now uh, JT's like, "Yeah, come on in." So now JT's got four people over. Dana comes in. She's like. You two need to leave. And as she's doing that, Karen walks in. She's got four guys over. And she's like, well, these are my finalists of who's going to be the final two or something like that. Final two. So Al comes in. She's got four friends. Um, Then the doorbell rings. Dana's trying to get everyone out at this point. Two football players show up. And they realize they have found the party house. They see Karen. And they call in all of their friends. And then another, like, 12 people come in behind them. Yep. Now it's on. Party is started. Yep. So everyone's yelling. Everyone's having a good time. We go back to the hotel. Um, Frank still dealing with his back, still bent over, um, still not telling Carol what's going on. There's some good comedy here, like the way he's moving around. There, he does that one. I think it's here where he does that one move where he kind of like bends over out of the chair to the towards the bed. And he's like on his tippy toes, like like the tippy toes of his shoes for 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 a good little time doing this kind of comedy routine yeah it reminded me kind of of like something perfect strangers would do oh sure sure absolutely so um 
Carol still in the bathroom, still getting dressed. Um, I think at this point she calls out and says, Hey Frank, I've got the wrong suitcase. My, uh, my outfit for you is in the other one. Can you get it for me? And now Frank's like, Oh God, now I got to try to get this suitcase over. So another good scene here with him, like pretty much crawling and pushing a suitcase across the floor with his head, trying to get it over to Carol. Like tries to drag it with his teeth for a little bit. Um, so Carol comes out, she's all like in some negligee or whatever you want to call it. It turns out she had the right suitcase to begin with. Yeah, that's right. She had it the whole time. So he didn't even have to do that. Um, she kind of calls for Frank wanting Frank to come over to her and he tries to like, he tries his best, but he's in so much pain and he's like doing this like limp hop thing, like over to her. (laughs) And she's like, couldn't like, she doesn't understand still that he's hurt. And she thinks he's like trying to be like sexy with this thing or something. I don't know. Uh Well, yeah. And then, but then she like, she's like, Oh, let's, let's go into the, let's do this dance that we did during uh, when we got married in Jamaica. And just starts dancing with him, and he ends up like throwing her across the room because he can't like control. Yeah, himself. like into the dresser or something like that, right? Yeah. Yep, and yep. I, I want to say there's like a a joke here too, where he's talking about like um, he's not hurt; he's just like uh, doing his like James Brown impression or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, from here, after this scene, we go back to the house. The party is in full swing now. People are coming. People are going. Um, and the two football players that had come in earlier, they're now like talking about uh, Santa Claus and how yeah. someone can dress up as Santa Claus and go down the chimney. And one of them's like, there's no way a person can fit down a chimney. And the other one's like, oh, yeah, he definitely did it. And they're like, well, let's figure this out. They call JT over. They grab JT, drag him out of the house, and uh, they're going to test this uh, <laughs> chimney theory that they have. They're going to the roof to put him down the chimney. Yep. So... Um, then all the girls kind of are starting to gr- agree that the party is getting a little out of control. Like Al doesn't mind it, but she agrees that it's out of control. And the other two are like, maybe we should probably try to get some of these people out of here. Yeah. Karen and Dana. And then they kind of start fighting with each other. Well, they don't kind of, they do like start physically like fighting, hair with each pulling, other. wrestling kind yeah. of thing. Like why did that start? Why? What did, what did, cause I feel like Dana said something. I don't, uh, I don't know exactly. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, they're like fighting. Probably something about like getting them out of there or something. I don't know. But uh, they the crowd starts yelling and cheering them on. And then um, someone comes out of the kitchen for some reason with a can of whipped cream and sprays Dana in the face. I thought it was Cody at first, but <laughs> but I don't. I didn't rewind. It was not Cody. It, it was definitely not I Cody. I guess it wasn't Cody. Then like one of the extras in there like licks the whipped cream off the kid's face for some reason. I don't know where that Off of Dana's face? No, off the... Uh, <laughs> I think off one of the boys or something. <laughs> okay. That would have been funny if it was Dana's face. Um, so, yeah, she's still, like, trying to get everyone at the house. Now she's, like, angry. She, like, gets on the couch and yells. No one's listening to her. Then Al's like, I've got it. She gets up on the couch, says, hey, everyone, we're out of food. And then that triggers everyone to leave the party, and uh, she's done her job. I mean, I feel like people would know if they're out of food. I mean, yeah, probably. So um, they all start leaving. Um, Dana thanks Al. Al um, is, uh, what did I write here? Al is thankful that everyone's gone. Oh, no. Dana thanks Al and is thankful that everyone's gone. And then um, they all start to, like, make a plan of, like, how they're going to clean this place up and get it back to normal. Right, right. Except that they realize that they can't find JT, and then shortly after that, JT falls down into the to the chimney, falls in the fireplace, and gets stuck. Yeah. So you just like hear the sound of like screaming and falling, and then you just see JT's like feet in the fireplace, like just dangling. Yeah. So um, we're, I think that's kind of back, like the end back of that. To the hotel. Scene. Yeah. Back, back to, to the, the hotel. hotel. Um, Carol is trying to fix Frank. Fix Frank's back here. She's like got him in like a neck cracking position and uh, she's like, he's like, yeah, just uh, pull and push as hard as you can. And as she does that, she ends up making it even worse. Like now he can't move his neck. He can't move his back. And Carol's (laughs) like, we just got to go home at this point. So yeah, this is it. It's over. Their honeymoon is done. So back to the house. Um, It's all clean and everything, but they kind of move the camera over to the uh, chimney and uh, Al has created a hole. She's removed some giant bricks from the chimney. Yeah. And now we can see JT's feet and also his face in this hole of the chimney. Yeah, it's like 
it's a, it's a great framing and she did a good job of picking the right bricks yeah i don't know what their plan is from here just remove all the bricks to the chimney and get them out of there i i mean i'm with you i don't know either but hopefully she has i mean she's also 10 so she might not have a plan <laughs> so um as they're doing all this um they hear a car and uh the parents are home so frank and carol coming up the driveway they are rushing to try to get things back to where they can present the house. It's already clean, but they have to hang a picture over top of the hole that they've made in front of uh, JT's face. Well, I don't think they. I don't think. I think they'd have to because they need to cover up that JT is stuck in the in the chimney. What? Like they're trying to cover up the fact they put the picture there. Yeah, to cover yeah. Up they're covering the up the hole, right? Right. Yeah. But so, not because they're like getting the house in order. They're getting the house. They're hiding him from from Carolyn Frank. They're still getting it in order. They still just had a giant party. They did have a giant party. So they come in, Carol and Frank, and um, Carol mentions that it's cold. Maybe the maybe the family should build a fire. And uh, they're like, "Oh no, we don't need a fire." And she's like, "Well, if you guys don't want to build it, I'll just build a fire." And like she's like starts to like motion that direction. Then JT screams, and uh, Carol removes the painting to reveal <laughs> JT is in now in this chimney. In the fire, he's. I'll tell you this. JT is super chill about this the entire time. He's like, I mean, whatever. I'll get out when I get out. Yeah, I, 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 really don't, I don't know he what like, I would do. I mean, panic, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, uh, I mean, try I would panic to climb back bit. up of it, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I would. I, you, would you try to go? Would either. you try to go down or would you try to go up? Well, in theory, you know that you can go up because you made it down. So theoretically, you can go back the way you came. Um, and obviously there's issues with going to, I don't know. You'd have to, I guess you'd have to figure out where the, like the pinch points are, right? Like what is, why are you stuck below and can you make it back up? Do you picture JT's arms being above his head? Like he did like a pencil dive down or do you think they're down by his side? I, see, I've envisioned them down by his side, but I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I think they're probably they're broken down by his side. Maybe he could like shimmy up a little easier than if they were above his head, probably like use his shoulders. Yeah. You're probably yeah. right. You're probably right. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that kind of ends that scene. So then we go um, a little later in the living room. Um, Brendan comes down and uh, asks his dad if he's mad at him. And he's like, no, of course not. And then uh, Brendan actually jumps off the stairs into Frank's arms. Frank catches him. But somehow, as he's doing this, Frank uh, fixes his back. Brendan Like realigns his back. Yep. So now Frank is okay. And... Um, as this happens, the firemen come across the screen and tell Frank that uh, they're all done. Frank thanks them for getting JT out. He asks them if uh, he's like, oh, this is kind of crazy thing. It must happen all the time. And the fireman's like, nope. And <laughs> and then Carol See comes ya. down and uh, tells uh, Frank that she's kind of grounded the kids for the night. They're all in their rooms. Um, they all have ch extra chores to do, that kind of thing. Seems like pretty light punishment. Yeah, it does. But these kids must be doing chores for just like extra chores constantly because they're always that's like the go to punishment. Yeah. It's like you've got six months of chores. You've got six months. They must be doing stuff all the time. Uh, Frank reveals to Carol that his back is better and then also asks once again, well, all the kids are up in the rooms. Does that mean that we've got uh, downstairs all alone? And then uh, she's like, yep. And then he like goes over and like turns off the light in the living room. And then he's like, ow. And then like, he's, she's like, what, you're back? And he's like, nope, I feel good. And goes back into that James Brown impression. James Brown. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's the end of the episode. Pretty good that's one. That's a good episode. There's a couple, a couple of uh, TJF alumni on this. Okay. One of the kids, they don't name, I mean, they, he has a name in the show. It's Kevin. They don't actually Who's say friend, who Kevin you know? is. Oh, we don't uh, know. No, don't know. Uh, Jacob Kenner is the actor. He was also Max Stone in the Going Places camping episode. So, you know, his second go around with Christopher Castile and and uh, uh, so he's probably Mark's age, maybe. Uh, that's my guess. So uh, he might have been one of Al's four friends. That that's that was my thought. One of Al's friends is probably where he came in or or maybe one of JT's friends, but okay. probably one of Al's friends. Uh, and then Ken Kerman, uh, he was the fireman. He was also oh. a cop in the Family Matters episode uh, where um, Eddie Eddie has gets another parking ticket and has to they go to the to the pool hall and an Urkel plays pool oh, to get the yeah. money back. Yeah, he was one of the cops. Cool. So. 
man. Yeah, so that's uh, step-by-step for this week. Going into the 8.30 slot, we've got... Uh, Wait, no, no 8.30 slot, right? Family Matters. 9 o'clock slot. Here. Well, it would have been, so step-by-step would have been 8.30. That's right, yeah, yeah. Perfect Strangers, 9 o'clock. So, is that right? Is that right? Is Perfect Strangers on at 9 or 9.30? 9 o'clock. And then and Baby baby Talk is on. Because on our spreadsheet, it has it at 9.30 and Baby Talk at 9. And I was like, did they switch it up in 92? Uh, did they switch it in 92? Maybe they did. I don't know. I mean, the spreadsheet is, I I mean, I would go with what the spreadsheet says. So my guess is, yeah, they probably put Baby Talk in 9. Like, I don't know. Is this the week it switched or had it already switched like previous to this and we just hadn't caught it? No, it definitely didn't switch previous to this. I don't think. I can go look. I'm or is like, the spreadsheet wrong? No, no. The spreadsheet's right. I, I, so the spreadsheet is as right as I have information available to me. So I trust the spreadsheet. Um, based so on I'm thinking baby show. talks at nine now and then Perfect I think Strangers you're right. at nine thirty. Yeah, because Perfect Strangers, this is there's only one more episode on TGIF of Perfect Strangers. So they must have switched it at the beginning of the year to nine thirty, ran out these last two episodes, put baby talk at nine so they could put this other show at nine thirty. That kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, so I guess we talk about baby talk next, right? Yep. So this is uh right. season two, episode twelve. The name of the episode is actually I didn't even write down the name of the episode. Do you know what it's called? Uh, grandpa that could have been, that should have been, oh man. Um, I'll look it up. All right. T- talk about, talk about the stuff. So we've got I'll... our intro that we've had, uh, this time it's Mickey playing, uh, on a kid toy telephone and he's pretending to be in an office and then, uh, he's, a bo- he's the boss. He's the boss. So, uh, theme song, we come back. Like who's the boss? He's the boss. Get it. Who's the boss? Get it. Pony dancer. Uh, James, Maggie <laughs> and Anita. Is her name Anita? That. Is that her name? That's a neighbor's the name, ne- right? The neighbor? Yeah, Anita. They are playing like the most fun game of Monopoly that anyone's ever had playing Monopoly because no one has fun playing Monopoly, but for some reason they're like, he's like, going like to jail. Monopoly. You've never finished like, a game of Monopoly, have you? I, I, absolutely. I love Monopoly. And I like playing by the, like, the, the strict rule, like the game rules. Uh, the man who would be grandpa is the name. When's of, the last time you played a game of a full game of Monopoly? It's been a long time, probably 10 years. And how long but, did I mean, it as take? A, as an a adult, few days? Oh, I mean, couple hours no you can't finish a game yeah. of monopoly in a couple hours yeah you, it's yeah, not possible can. it's not if you play it the right way then it takes four can. to five days no not at all because you get once you start getting um once you, i mean once you get a full block of land and you get and you start building up on it people's money starts to drain real quick mm, i don't know if i trust your uh monopoly uh expertise mm-hmm. here that's okay so uh james maggie anita they're playing monopoly um the uh, door intercom buzzer thing goes off and uh, James goes over there to get it. And uh, someone's looking for Maggie and uh, his name's Nick and Maggie. Nick, Miller. Nick Miller. Maggie says, "Uh Oh, that's Mickey's father. I was about to be really either like frustrated or just like baby talk with this, with this two minute like section right here. What about it? Well, because we find out that it is in fact not Mickey's dad, right? Yeah. So, so, so it's Nick Miller. Maggie's like uh, Mickey's dad. She asks James to stay and pretend to be her boyfriend when Nick comes up because she doesn't want to look like she's doesn't have a boyfriend. And so doorbell rings. James answers it and is in fact not Nick Miller that that was Mickey's dad, but it is Nick Miller, Mickey's grandpa. So what was what was going to be frustrating here was that Nick Miller. We, he's been established in in last season, so he he was in the last season. And it was Tony Danza. And you could tell, obviously, when the buzzer rings and, and he's the, the Nick Miller that has arrived is asking to be let up, that it's not Tony Danza's voice. So I was like, oh, are they going to make him a new, are they going to have the same character with a new actor, even though it's Tony Danza and Tony Danza is still involved with the show? I gotcha. But so I was a little, I, I was like a little bit frustrated they were going to do that, but I'm glad that it kind of took the swerve that it did. Okay. Um, so yeah, comes up, um, Maggie's like, I'm going to go in the back room. You, uh, you talk to him when he comes out, she goes in the back with Mickey. Cause she's like, I don't know if I want him to see Mickey. And then, uh, dude gets up, turns out his grandfather and, uh, they talk for a little bit and, uh, eventually invites the group out to dinner. Wait, I might've skipped a little bit, right? I mean, the only, the only thing you missed is kind of what we glossed over a little bit is that it's, it's the grandpa and, and he's in town in New York uh, for, I think, just business or whatever. And he, he wanted to meet Mickey while he was in town. He brought some toys for him. Not a big deal. Nothing comes out of that. But like you said, he asked Maggie and, and, and everybody really out to, to, do, to dinner just to kind of 
say hi and get to know people. Yep. So the next scene is just uh, Maggie and her mom getting ready. I guess her mom's coming to dinner for some reason, too. Yeah, well, because because Maggie and Doris were supposed to go to a movie and and Nick says, why don't you guys just come to dinner with me instead? You know, feel free to bring your mom. There's not, no problem there. Yeah. So um, then we go to the restaurant. Chez Leon is the uh, restaurant. It's not the uh, restaurant from Family Chez Matters. Josephine. Yeah. Well, because they're in Chicago and this is New York. Um, they are eating in the restaurant. Everyone's having a good time. Um, the- yeah, and and Nick and Doris are getting along. Everyone seems to like Nick. He seems like a really nice guy. No issues. Like, honestly, at the end of the day, his character is fairly inconsequential to the to the main theme of this this episode. Yeah, everyone's laughing, having a good time. Uh, skip ahead a little bit. They're now the last table left in the restaurant. Um, Nick's like, all right, I gotta go. Let me say my goodbyes. Um, says goodbye to Mickey got to get a plane to get out of there and uh, he's like if you guys i've already paid the tab but uh i guess it's still open if you guys want anything else it's on me so uh feel free to have whatever you want yeah he's real nice real generous yep so uh maggie james and mickey stay behind i guess doris is like ah, i've had enough to drink i'm gonna get out of here and uh yeah she's like i got other things to do she leaves I i got songs to sing they stay behind They're um and now they're kind of talking about this whole like uh pretending to be a couple thing like uh this whole time james <sighs> yeah. has been pretending to be maggie's boyfriend they're talking about it and talking about how they've actually really enjoyed this time pretending to be a couple you know what this is just this whole episode frustrates me because it's my it's the point i've been making the entire season where it's like they keep starting back at like at step one as opposed to acknowledging yeah. all the times that this has happened before and like we don't really talk about this but when when nick first gets to the apartment and they find out he's the grandpa and not the dad they continue to do the boyfriend girlfriend thing and like james is very hands-on with maggie and maggie's like ew don't touch me that's gross stop you're it's too much and it's like you guys have been like touchy-feely lovey-dovey with each other before like this is not anything that is new or unusual to you even though you're acting like he's never like you've been grossed out and never been touched by james in your entire life um this whole episode frustrates me because of because of the complaint that i've had the entire season so okay so i'm just let's flash back to 1992 yeah people that actually liked this show when they were watching it do you who? think who the i'm just saying in general the people that oh. watched this show that that were actually enjoying it as they watched the show do you think that this episode was like exciting and like they got really excited like when all the things happened in this episode or like this is the episode that they were all waiting for? Yeah. Or do you I, think I you no one actually liked way. it? I bet you they have felt that way five times. Like yeah. this is they felt this way last time with the Christmas episode. And they felt this way the time before that with the with the recording the album yeah, episode. I like and, to think of this show though as like a romantic comedy series. Like it's not like our regular TGIF show. Like this is the stuff that happens in like romantic comedy movies, like where it's like, all right, it's gonna happen. No, it's not. It's, it's like the tease. But the that's tease, not how this tease. but that's not what happens in this show. That's not how this show plays. The, what happens that's how I see something it. something does happen in multiple episodes. And, and then the they next start episode, the new they episode, act like, like it didn't happen. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's my complaint. I'm totally, I, I don't mind an arc. I don't mind like a buildup. I don't mind like the push and pull of like that kind of awkward relationship forming. But that's not what happens in this show. What happens in this show is that something happens. There is a moment. They have a kiss. They, they have some kind of conversation about their feelings. And then it's completely ignored in the next episode. And they just start over at, at step one and build up to that moment again and then forget about it. Yeah, so, I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much as I know as it bothers you. I, I I bet you people love this episode and I and I hope and but the problem is we'll watch the next episode and see if they even acknowledge it or if they just pretend like it never happened. That's what that's what gets me is like, is this the episode or I think, is this I just think this another? is the episode. All right. yeah, I really cool. do. We'll, we'll see. I mean, the end of it does give you some kind of implications that there's more. It's broader than just the two of them. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, then we go a little later, even this night. Um, now Maggie's like laying down on her stomach on top of a piano while she's what? singing. What? One thing I want to one thing I want to say about this, this, the actual story that, that I think we missed that's as important is they start to talk about like have these conversations. All right. Well, now that the night's over and we we're done pretending we need to break up, which is uh-huh. just stupid anyways, because you don't I think it's a silly conversation. And they're like, well, it's bad luck to break up over a bottle of champagne. Let's wait till we finish the champagne. Um, and then, so they finished the champagne and then they, um, hold on, let me 
Are we at the piano uh, yeah, and, part now? And then they go to the, then they go to the piano part. Yeah. Yeah, she's singing uh, "I Have a Crush on You" while she's laying down on her stomach, like with her hands up on top of this piano, while James is playing the piano. And I think there's a couple other like uh, musical, I don't know what you call them, like band members off to the side playing as well. Yeah. Yeah, like a bass player. They're having a good time. Maggie looks real drunk. And uh, they play, I, I think they're done playing the piano. And then the band ends up playing another song, which happens to be their song, which I don't even know where we. It sounded like the same song to me, but. <laughs> Just the same song. <laughs> so they're like, uh, oh, my Maggie's like, oh, my God, it's our song. We got to dance. And then James is like, hey, waiter, come over here. Watch this kid while me and Maggie step three feet to the left and go dance <laughs> i know like like mickey's gonna run around and cause havoc while they're doing that so but but and then there's a whole thing of like we shouldn't break up until until we're done dancing yeah and they're like there's got to be a better time to break up than this and like all right well how about we break up uh at a woman's apartment that's probably the place. at the at the end of the date at the woman's apartment yeah and she's like i like that that's a good idea it makes a lot of sense and then uh, that's where we go now now we're at the apartments uh James is trying to set the mood while Maggie's in the back getting uh, Mickey to bed. So he's like dimming the lights and turning on some music and making some coffee and lighting some candles, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's doing everything he can. Um, She comes back out. She's like, all right, Mickey's in bed. And uh, she's like, you know what? You're the uh, best boyfriend I've ever had. And uh, now let's break up. But before we break up maybe we should have our first kiss and then they're like all right let's do that so they kiss and then they're like well maybe we should break up after the last kiss and then they kiss again and they're like all right well maybe we should that didn't really seem like a last kiss that comes a second like to last kiss a second to last kiss and uh then they just start making out yeah just start making out and then mickey mickey cries even but it sounds like a like a squirrel getting hit by a car yeah even before that though i think uh they suggest that they break up in the morning instead and then they oh, really, okay. they fair, really fair, start fair. making out. Mickey cries. And like when they show Mickey in the other room, it's like he just like laying there with a blanket over top of his head. Like Maggie was like so drunk. She just kind of like put him in the crib and put a blanket on top of his head and like called him. No, I don't think that's it, what happened. <laughs> but he does say something. He says he makes a joke that I didn't get at all. It was like, I, I don't know what happened. I was just at Waterloo and now I'm here. Oh, because it was a French restaurant. Maybe that's what's going on. I literally, I don't write down anything Mickey says anymore. Like I take no notes of what Mickey says. He, the whole baby talk thing ended in season one. And um, now it's just like baby side side joke. But I think he said something like, I, I don't know what happened. I was just at Waterloo and now I'm here. So, and I was like, what is he talking about? But now now that I say it out loud, I think what he was trying to get at was I was just at like a French restaurant. I'm, he must have fallen asleep at the restaurant. They tucked him in. And now he's like, now I'm home. How did I go from France to to new york but that's a stupid joke so um, and then he cries in the worst sound effect i've ever heard yeah most any any show it's not great maggie goes back to check on mickey um and then uh maggie's like talking to mickey about james like obviously mickey's listening and stuff but uh yep she's like i don't know i mean uh james is just uh he's great but he's so wrong for me he's the guy that i always said that i didn't want to fall in love with again someone who's i forget what she says like cute and charming cute Cute and charming charming were the two things that she's like told myself i wouldn't i wouldn't fall for cute and charming again yep and that's exactly what james is so she puts mickey back down into his crib goes back out to the living room James is like ready to start making out again. She's like, you got to leave. I, I, I'm, you've just got to get out of here. And James is like, I can't go. I mean, I've been trying to pretend all this time, but I'm, I'm really am crazy about you, Mickey or Maggie. And, uh, Maggie's like, uh, no, no, we can't be doing this. And then she ends up kicking him out of the apartment and says, uh, she's not ready for this. Yeah, and so he runs back to his apartment and gets Warren over and just starts dishing to Warren. Yeah, and I think a couple episodes ago, we were trying to figure out exactly where Warren lived in this complex, and it might be the apartment directly above him or next to him or something, because he just yells. Uh, yeah, I mean, he opens up close. the window, and he's like, Warren, get down here. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, so yeah, so it's got to be close. So um, James uh, gets Warren over. They talk about Maggie for a little bit, and James, um, he's like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to do something about this. And he's like, I'm going back over to Maggie's. He starts with like, I'm over it. I can't take this anymore. All I have is, this is just heartbreak and confusion and blah, blah. And Warren's like, you can't let her go, man. He's he's like, you're right. I got to go do something. So he goes back upstairs. I don't know what time it is. Two o'clock in the morning at this point, three o'clock in the morning. 
and he's like slamming on her door like there's no apartment there's no neighbors next to her or anything Maggie, you gotta let me in get in here I, I can guess he's drunk i don't know but um he's like she ends up opening the door she's like in a towel she just got out of the shower and uh call he calls her out she's he's like you can't be afraid of this we got to do something like obviously there's something here and uh you just need to take a risk and she's like well I, I don't want to get hurt again. He's like, well, I mean, hurt being hurt is part of love. Like you're going to be hurt if you if if it works out or if it's not going to work out. And uh, he's like, uh, it's not over. And she's like, uh, he's like, why don't you just go? Why don't you think it over for a little bit? And she's like, well, I don't want to think it over or something. Then he pulls. She's like, I've got enough thinking tonight. Yeah, and then she pulls him into the apartment. Pulls him in the apartment, and then we and then the, the camera pans. Yep. Anita. Anita's over there. She's just like pumping her fist, like yeah. She's like yeah, good job, finally. And then, and then uh, ne- next episode, it'll, this will never have happened. I, I I think this is the episode. This might be this might be the one, but it's so anticlimactic because they've just done this so many times. Yeah, and then there is another ending clip with uh, Mickey playing a full size piano with some mystery hands. I, I'm guessing they're James's, but they don't show sure, them. Why not? They're James's. Let's just call them James's. It's a dude with hairy arms and a couple watches and bracelets. That seems like a James type arm. <laughs> but that's that sounds like Scott Bayo. Yeah. So yeah, that's the uh, end of Baby Talk. Uh, well, that episode at least. That episode. I wish it was the they could have ended talk. it right there. Probably right. Like that, that would have been a good Anita fist bumping show over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, then we go to our nine thirty episode for this week: Perfect Strangers, season seven, episode thirteen. The name of the episode. Hey, real is- quick, I want to say I want to say something. So yeah. I'm looking at IMDb. This is the only episode in season two that has a description with it. Hmm. It's, I think that's interesting. It's, I don't really know what that it's means. But the episode. That's that's why I guess maybe yeah. All right. So All right. two angry men is our Perfect Strangers episode. Perfect Strangers. Um, yep. After the theme, Balky comes in. He's excited. Larry. Larry, I, I finally did it. I'm going to be on jury duty. And like Larry's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. It's such an important thing. As an American citizen, this is such a big deal. You need to stand up and do what's right and do your part. And then yeah. uh, Balky's like, and I got you on jury duty too. And he's like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm too busy. Well, first, but first he's like, how did you do that? And he's like, well, I went down to the courthouse and made them. I just begged them for weeks until they finally caved in and did it for me. Yeah, and like this whole like side story about how he like became friends with one of the guys that works there, but the guy, but yeah. like you kind of like learn from what Balky's saying that they weren't actually friends. This guy was really annoyed by Balky, and he just like <laughs> did it to get him out of there. So right, right, right. So yeah, Larry's on. Larry and Balky are going to be on jury duty. That's what's setting us up for this episode. And um, Jennifer comes in at this point too, right? And it's like, hey, yeah, yeah, Balky Larry, leaves. Jennifer comes in, yeah. I got this great deal. We're going to Bermuda. Here's the plane tickets. They're non-refundable, and uh, it's going to be awesome. And he's like, "Oh no, that's the same day after jury duty." But don't worry, I'm going to make it work. It's going to be a quick court session. We're going to make our decision, and I'll be able to go the next day. It won't be a problem. Yeah, I, I promise. Literally, the trip is booked to leave on the 17th, and jury duty starts on the 16th. Yep, so he's like, uh, don't worry, it's going to be done in one day, we're going to make it work. So now we go to the courthouse, um, the uh, judge is now sending the jury to deliberate. And, yeah, so I mean, uh, quick trial, obviously, if they're... Yeah, same day, we don't know how long, yeah. late, but some sometime the same day. Um, Larry is trying to get this thing done as quick as he can. He's like, all right, everyone, uh, get out a piece of paper, let's just vote, see, who, see what we can do. Everyone votes, he reads out the, uh, the verdicts, or is that the, no, is that what you're reading here? I, get, I, I mean, just I don't know if technically it's the ver- I guess it's like what uh, they, I guess what the they're... verdict is the official announcement. So everyone's reading. Yeah. he's reading everyone's uh, votes, uh, guilty or not guilty. And I think at this I think point, that's, and I think that's kind of how you typically do it is you everyone like you get in there ballot like, vote thing. Like that's the first thing you do just to see if there's a reason to, you know, prolong that conversation. OK. Have you ever had jury duty? I have not. I mean, I've been I've been. I've gotten the card in the mail a couple of times and then you, I don't know how it works in other places. It never happened. It, it, yeah. I mean, when you, you you like send in your reply and then you wait and then they tell you yes or no. And I've never been chosen past that. I think I've gone to the courthouse, waited for like a few minutes and then got sent home before ever getting in there. I would love, I mean, I would like to do jury. I think it would be fun to yeah, do jury. Dude. I do it too. Um, all right, so the first votes are read, and I want to say it's like nine to three, like three yep. not guilties and nine yep. guilties. 
So Larry immediately starts calling the three people that voted not guilty idiots. <laughs> he's like, you guys are idiots. You just need to look at the evidence. This is exactly why he's guilty. And uh, we quickly realize that Balky is one of these uh, non not guilty votes as well. Right. And I think it's important real quick to go through the, 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 evidence. the evidence that's presented. So basically, this is a robbery. Um, the defendant was found with the jacket that was identified as the jacket that was being worn by the robber. The jacket contained the gun that was allegedly used at the crime and the exact amount of money that was stolen from the wherever the convenience. It was a convenience store, a gas station. Yeah. because um, One of the pieces of evidence is like the amount of money. Like they have a piece of paper that says this is how much money was missing. Yeah. And then like, the yeah. And like you said, the gun, the jacket and the money are all there, too. Right. And like like you said, they the, we find out that Balky is one of the three and Balky makes makes the argument that. Well, the defendant said that somebody he was just standing outside the road and the guy ran by and threw the jacket at him. And that's how he ended up with the jacket. Yeah. So Larry's like, all right, now that you guys know the evidence, everyone vote again. So they vote again. This time it's uh, just Balky who's still just Balky, which is weird to me that the two other two people switched their vote after hearing about or after hearing Larry's argument, even though they probably heard that same argument in much more depth and, and detail over the last couple hours in the courtroom. Like what yeah, did, what that, did Larry say? Or they're like, like, all right, well, these nine people are voting this way. I want to get out of here. Right. So I'm they're just like, F it, I want to get out. Too. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah, going to be right. the easiest way to do it is just change my vote over. So. Yeah, um, Larry or Balky's like, I'm sorry, cousin. Uh, I just couldn't do it. I can't. I can't make this man guilty for something that I don't think he did. Right. He went. And he his point too is like, we're about to send this guy to jail. We need to like think about this and do the right thing and not just rush rush to a judgment. Yep. So then we go back home. Um, Larry is mad at Balky. This point, they have to return to court tomorrow. Um, he's got his trip tomorrow. So Jennifer comes in and Larry's like, we're not done yet, but don't worry. This thing's going to be finished first thing in the morning. We're going to vote and it's going to be done with. And she's like, he's like, well, why don't you just go pack and I'll do what I need to do. And she's like, well, I already did pack. And she pulls out this like smaller than a Ziploc bag bag of her bikini that she pulls out and shows him. And now Larry's like, oh, Lord. I got to figure this thing out because that's what Jennifer's going to be wearing the whole time in Bermuda. I need to make this happen. Yep. He's, he's ready to get, to get to Bermuda. Yep. So, uh, Larry ends up going, I think into the kitchen very angrily. He like washes his face off with some cold water. And, uh, I think he, his first technique is he tries to apologize to Balky, right? Right, right. That is his first technique. And he, you know, he says he's sorry and he's trying to, what he's really trying to do is, and I think I appreciate this, is he's actually trying to understand where Balky is coming from and have a conversation about the situation. Although I wonder, you know, my guess is that in a real life situation, um, well, hey, these two wouldn't be on the same jury, uh, but I, I gotta think that this is probably against the rules to like have a conversation outside the jury room oh, with somebody yeah. about. Yeah. Probably. Um, Balky kind of gives him his reasoning too at this point of why he found him non-guilty. Uh, one of the things is uh, the guy blinked 27 times in five minutes and anyone yep. who does that could not be guilty um, and he crossed his hands yep right over left which is another sign for balky that uh there's no way that this guy's guilty right and then balky also he made this comment oh, and the wardrobe the inconsistencies right. yeah there's just no way that anybody would wear that jacket with brown pants and it's absolutely unbelievable that this person would do that so yeah must then, not be his jacket after larry hears all this now uh, once again, Larry is getting angry with Balky, and um, he suggests that they kind of like reenact and role play of like what happened. And uh, Larry's going to be the robber, and Balky's going to be the attendant. And uh, they try to do this, but Larry just keeps getting mad at Balky, and then uh, accidentally says to Balky that uh, all he cares about is going to Bermuda, and that's why he's trying to get this thing done. Yeah, which sets Balky off because now Balky is mad that Larry <clears throat> doesn't care about, you know, justice for this guy. All he cares about is getting to Bermuda. Yeah, and he's like, I was supposed to go to a carnival and do something like eat a bunch of food or something, and now I can't do that. So blah, blah, blah. I'm in the same position you are. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Back to the jury room. It's the next morning. Um, all of the jury members are now getting mad at Balky. They, they want to be done with this. Balky they're like, like chasing him around the room pinning him up against the wall 
Yeah, they want to hurt him, and then Larry actually jumps in and sticks up for Balky, gets in the middle of all these attackers at this point, and mm. uh, while they're getting ready to kill Balky, uh, an officer comes in, tells the jury, all the charges have been dropped, they caught the real robber, um, everyone can now go home. So Balky was right the whole time. Balky was right the whole time. Uh, one of the jury members that was kind of like leading this attack on Balky apologizes to Balky. And then um, Larry and Balky talk about how it's great that Balky did the right thing and uh, all this. And then uh, the officer, he's like, it's okay. I'm not going to Bermuda. And the officer kind of overhears it. He's like, oh, well, uh, you kind of get a privilege as a jury member. I can get you on that plane. You can get to Bermuda. It's not going to be a problem. And everything's okay. Yep. So um, he's going to Bermuda. Um, Balky is also happy now because him and Marianne have the place to themselves. And, uh, Larry's like, oh, I mean, we know what that means. And he's like, yep, giant jigsaw puzzle. (laughs) I feel like I liked this episode better when I was watching it than going back and talking about it. (laughs) It feels just really like now that we've kind of talked through, it feels really anticlimactic and just kind of like, like, meh, sure. I mean, Balky was Balky right the whole time? Yeah, but was he right for any right any good reasons? No, you know, like it's just I don't know. It's gut it's instinct, but it wasn't gut instinct. It was like here's three reasons why, and all those reasons are are just not even real reasons. Um, They're real to Balky. Sure. So there was two people in this as well that oh, were okay. that are TJF alum. I'm guessing that uh, the big guy in the front of the crowd. Right, right, right. They call him Angry Jur, Michael McManus. He was in the, I think we actually just talked about him recently, but he was in um, the pilot for Free Spirit. So he's OG, OG, uh, oh, TGIF. And he was also in the the um, Tug of War episode on Step by Step Pulling Together. Oh, he was yeah, one yeah. of the, he was one of the other family dads that was around. Gotcha. Um, and then the bailiff, Ken Thorley, he was in Born to be Mild Going Places episode, which I don't know if you remember, but it's the one where they, I can't remember any of the characters. Jack, maybe Jack or his the other guy. Charlie. Uh get a get a Porsche um and to try to impress the secretary. Yeah, yeah. Uh so he was in that. Uh, it didn't didn't say what he was. Oh, the victim. He was the victim. Oh man, that, that should have made my top ten list last week. That was a good episode. <laughs> and then he was Hammer in a full house episode called Last Kiss. He was who? Hammer? Hammer. I looked up Last Kiss and now I can't remember what episode that was, but it was on TGIF. Um, man, Hammer sounds like one of Jesse's biker friends or something, or someone. It at a does bar. absolutely. You're right. Um, one one last kiss. Maybe that was it. One last kiss. This is, yeah, this is the one. Uh, what was this episode? Oh, the Je- Jesse goes back to his high school reunion. Um, and there's the ex girlfriend who's there. I don't yep, remember yep, that. Yep, yep, yep. So he was he was Hammer in in that episode. And who was so, he in yeah. this episode? He was the, I'm sorry, he was the bailiff, the guy at the end who came in and said, oh, you okay. know, we can get you on the flight. He didn't seem too tough there. Eh, no, he seemed like a nice, helpful guy. Doesn't seem like a hammer to me. Well, I don't know what to tell you about that. He's a magical actor. That's what you can tell me. He's good. He's a he's a phenomenal actor. He can play a range, wide range. Yep. All right. So let's do uh, one Dinosaurs episode. This uh, Knock it out. aired in like February of 92, but we're uh, trying to c- get caught up for when it airs back on TGIF. This is uh, A New Leaf is the name of this episode. And uh, after the theme song, we come out to uh, Earl and he is um, he's trying to cut Robbie's spikes, his hair. Spikes. Yeah. yeah, his spikes. He says he looks like a girl and uh, Robbie feels like uh, everything that he's doing is wrong. That like... Uh, his dad doesn't appreciate anything. And then uh, he's like, I'm leaving then. I'm, I'm, And he walks right out of the house. Yeah, storms out of the house, ends up in the swamp hanging out with Spike. Yep, so that's where we are now. He's uh, hanging out with Spike, and uh, Spike suggests that uh, maybe you should challenge your dad. And uh, whoever wins <laughs> can be like the leader of the house. And Robbie's like, oh, I'm never going to go back. And then uh, that's that's not the whole story. I watched this episode like three weeks ago. I feel challenge him as in like fight him for dominance, kill him and then take and then marry his wife. Take the the female. And he's like, that's my mom. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then he's like, "Uh, man, I'm getting a little hungry. And like uh, they start scavenging for some food and they find some random plant and decide that they're going to eat it. Yeah. Sounds safe. So we skip ahead a little later, and now they are 
high AF is what I wrote down. <laughs> they are both high AF. That is, that is an accurate way to describe it. Yeah. So they're like, I guess, like hallucinating and just like out of it and yeah. uh, still I mean, and still eating this plant that has made this happen to them. They're just chowing down nonstop e- eating this plant. Yeah, this is this is they're they're doing drugs. They're doing dino drugs and they don't know it. Yep. So they're trying to figure out too at this point why they feel the way they do. And Robbie's like, and then Robbie starts going into like, oh, I love my dad so much. And uh, you know what? I want to go tell him how much I love him right now. And then Robbie just wanders off and goes back home. Yeah. He goes home. But he, the important thing is here is he also is like, they figure out the whole plant situation. He brings some of the plant back to the house. And he's like, dad, I love you. I want you to eat some of this plant. He's like, I'm sorry for what I did and just leave the house, eat this plant, and then Earl eats some. We go to the next morning. Now we've got high Earl and Robbie um, singing and dancing in the li- in, in the living room. Uh, they, they've clearly been up all night. Yeah, up all night just doing dino drugs and uh, most unusual day. Who sings that song? Is that like a... I don't know, but it's, it's from a movie called A Date with Judy. Okay. Um, so then Charlene comes in and, uh, she's like questioning, like why they're acting the way that they're acting. Fran comes in, tells Earl that he needs to go to work. And then, uh, I just wrote down, they just start laughing just for no reason. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're just high. Yeah. Uh, It was sung by Jane Powell in a date with Judy, which is, is, um, I think considered like the more famous, most famous version of it. Okay. Um, so then. Earl is uh, now heading to work, still high. Um, his coworkers ask where he's been because I guess he's late for work at this point. And Earl shows them uh, the plants and he hands some out. And then uh, Ridgefield calls for him. He's like, Sinclair, <laughs> you're late. You're late. Goes into his office and um, asks Earl why he's late. Earl gives uh, Ridgefield some of this plant. Ridgefield fires Earl at this point, I believe, right? <laughs> Yeah, fires him and Earl's like, that's awesome. That's great. See you later. <laughs> He's like, this is the best day ever. And then I think he kisses Ridgefield too before he heads out of the office. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. So now we're back at the house. Uh, Earl, Robbie, and Charlene are, are all high at this point now. They're all in the kitchen. All high. Um, Nobody's paying attention to baby. All I can think of was that scene from Train Spotting. <laughs> the baby keeps like uh, testing them too. Like, uh, trying to see like if he can get their attention they're not responding to anything he's doing and uh robbie questions uh maybe the maybe our whole life is actually a tv show that um they're filming or something like that and which yeah he gets very like paranoid but like meta and introspective where he's like maybe we're on a tv show in another universe and they they like point he they like point to the actual cameras around the uh-huh. room that are that are being used to film the episode, so they're like looking right at us. They're breaking the fourth wall. Whatever I done, having eight fingers. <laughs> I don't know. Did oh, there was something about yeah. I don't remember why, but they 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 like they look at their hands and talk about how they only have eight fingers as opposed to ten. I guess. Yeah, okay. Oh no no no! I remember what it was. It was why why um why is everything like based in, on ten if we only have eight fingers? Oh okay, that makes sense. Uh, baby eventually gets their attention and uh, wants some more juice. And uh, at this point, too, Fran gets home and she's wondering why they're all home, why they aren't at school, why they aren't at their job. And uh, Fran says she tried to go get groceries, but there's no money in the checking account. And uh, this is where they reveal that Earl got fired a week ago. And uh, I wrote down and has been going back to school. Oh, yeah, what happened <laughs> yeah. with that? Not that he he went, he started going back to school and they they put him in middle school I think is what what it landed on was they it felt he, like he, that's where he was like intelligence that's where wise. he was appropriate yeah. yeah um Fran thinks that this plant is the problem she thinks she's solved the problem which she has and uh, she's angry because not only that they have eaten all of the food in the house at this point as well yeah yeah they are they are in dire straits so no food they have no money and. Uh, I think they tell Fran that they're going to go uh, rob a bank and uh, <laughs> that's their plan to get more money. And then uh, also, I think she says at this point, no more plant for anyone in this house. No more plant. Yeah. 
Uh, and, I, and so they go back to we say so, right? Like they go back to Earl goes back to the to the job site. Yeah, and now all of his coworkers are high. Mr. Ridgefield's high. Everyone has been eating this plant. They're all dancing. Ridgefield's trailer is like all psychedelic out. They're playing Purple Haze in the background. Like everyone is just high and partying. Uh, yeah, and Ridgefield's like dressed like a hippie at this point too. He's not like in his normal clothes. He's got like tie dye on and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then friends there too because she went with Earl to try to get his job back, right? Uh, I don't remember that, but sure, I'll take it. I wrote down, Fran tries to get Earl his job back, and Earl says everyone is just sitting around and eating the happy plant, and he wants Earl to be his partner. Well, Richfield says that. So Richfield, when he goes into, or when Earl goes into Richfield's trailer, Richfield says, I want you to be my partner, come back, I want you to, I, I want, you know, I want you to be a partner, and then he gets a phone call while they're, he's saying this, uh-huh. and he, he ends up getting fired by We Say So, because uh, he's basically not doing anything. I don't think Fran was there. I, I, don't, I think Fran, I think maybe you're getting confused when Fran said, I want you to get your job back, and then Earl goes back to the job site by himself. Maybe, um, but I wrote down like Ridgefield's high, Ridgefield's dressed the hippie, Ridgefield's listening to yeah, yeah. Hendrix. Yeah, all that happens Fran the tries to get Earl's job back. I don't remember that part, but I don't, it doesn't I don't know. All right, so now we go back to the Sinclair's house. Robbie, Charlene, and Earl are rolling around on the floor. Their high is gone. They're in uh, what's this? They're coming down from the phase or something. Yeah, yep. And house is uh, house is trashed. Everything's a mess. They're a mess. They're like, we need the plant, and like it's all gone. There's none left. But Charlene finds one leaf that was sitting around somewhere. They all fight over it. Fran comes in and yells at them for fighting over it, and she says, "Her." And the baby are leaving until they all clean themselves up. Yeah, they're gonna go stay with Monica. And then um, I guess. Oh, and the baby does the the. This is the your classic, brain. This is your brain yeah, this on your plant. Brain. This, no, no, this is your brain on the pan, and hits him with the. No, on plant. Him, with the pan. Right. He says pan. Are you and sure? Hits him with the pan. Plant would make a lot yeah. of sense. Plant would make a lot of sense, but it's also a play on him getting hit in the head with a pan. So it's like this is your brain on on what? This is your brain. This is your this brain, brain on, on drugs. Pan. Is the normal one, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll go with plant pan. Um, so they leave uh, Fran and the baby and uh, Earl's sad now and he knows what he has to do. So well, he well, first he says he, they need more plant. Um, and so they go back out into the swamp and Robbie fi- Spike evidently has just been just sleeping in this bush eating this plant since day one. Yeah. And they look at him. They look at the plant. And they feel that uh, their mom has a pretty good point at this point, and they agree, no more plants. And then um, they go behind the scenes. Oh yeah, then it kind of. Well, cuts. wait. So they say no more plant, and then then there's a whole conversation of should we burn it because we can't control ourselves, and they're like, no. Part of this is being able to know that it's here and not have to come eat it. And then they cut to a scene where they're burning all the plants because they can't control themselves. And then they cut to the scene with Robbie talking to the camera. Yeah, and this is like what you see at the end of a lot of those, like, uh, I don't know, like mostly like teen shows. Like I know Saved by the yeah. Bell did an episode like yeah. this. Like it's a, dr- a it's a drug episode where then like the actor is pretty much talking to the camera like, guys, drugs are bad, don't do drugs. And that, that's where we have Robbie now talking to the camera and he's like, drugs are a major problem and uh, if people keep doing drugs, we're going to keep having dumb episodes like this. So just uh, say no to drugs is the end of the <laughs> Yeah, his spiel is say no to drugs so that we don't have to do this anymore and we can make fun episodes. Yeah. That's pretty good. I like the ending. That was pretty good. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's our four episodes this week. Um, I'm going to ask you to rank them first. I don't think you're going first this time. Okay. You've got Baby Talking 4. I mean, that's not. I got Baby Talking 4, Perfect Strangers at 3, Family Matters at. Not Family Matters, sorry. Step Step by by Step step at 2. I'm gonna put the dinosaurs at one. I think it was a good episode. Yeah, I'm just I gonna. Think s- these were all. These were all kind of the the better episodes in this this week were just kind of middle of the road. There were no great episodes. Baby talk wasn't great, but I'll put the other three kind of in a in a middle of the road category. Yeah, I, I was thinking about switching uh, step by step in dinosaurs, but I think you might be right. I think dinosaurs is the best episode this week, and I really do like the ending of it. Like the ending's so good. I mean, it's very meta. The whole episode is very meta. It's very like tongue-in-cheek they kind of making fun of themselves i mean the step-by-step episode was fine it was a good episode I, you know there's nothing i could easily go either way but um yeah, I mean, that's yeah what it was. the whole the whole hole, hole in the chimney part's really funny on step-by-step like i, I like the, the only thing about the step-by-step episode that i kind of 
I guess kind of holding back a little bit is is the party thing is just done and done and done. And I know that yeah. they have to do it and they're going to do it again, I'm sure. But like, it's just there's no there's nothing. They didn't bring anything new to it. They just kind of did the same thing. That That's true. Yeah, everyone does, which is not a bad thing. It just isn't a great thing. You know, it's either JT so. stuck in a chimney or the kid that uh, DJ and Kimmy are babysitting's head stuck in the uh, banister rail. One or the other is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's same old thing. All right, so uh, next week, it's a short week, right? It is a short week. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with programming around this time, but um, there was only one new I can tell you, they're like, this baby talk episode sucks. Like, we got to get out of baby talk. What are we going <laughs> to do? Gotta take a break. Perfect Strangers is going off, off the air in two weeks. we got to yeah. figure something out. We still have eight episodes left. Um, more than that, 10 episodes, I don't even know. So next week, we're doing, it's just one new episode of Family Matters. Family Matters, season three, episode 14. And then we're going to do another Dinosaurs to get caught up closer or closer. We've got, I think, three episodes left before we're caught up, um, which is cool. So we're almost Three there. including so the one we're watching next week? I am. I am. You are I what? believe it's three. I am including it. I think oh, okay. next week and then two more. I, I think it's either next week and two more or next week and one more, but we're getting close. Yeah, know. and the official Dinosaurs uh, episode numbered, season two, episode 18, but it's called The uh, the Last Temptation of Ethel, if you're watching on Disney or wherever, so you make sure you're watching the right one. Yeah, thanks, because I know it gets confusing on Disney. Yep, Plus. so that's it for uh, the episodes this week. Thank you once again to Marcouche Main for the theme song. Yes, thank you, Marcouche Main. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at TGIFCast. Uh, emails go to TGIFCast at gmail.com and uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. And uh, like we said earlier, leave us some reviews, some uh, Great reviews, comments, subscribe, that kind of thing. Do like, that anywhere share. you can. Anywhere you can. Uh, if they let you do it on Spotify, do it on Spotify. I don't know. I don't know what's. Spotify. I know you can do it on Apple iPods where you can like, on like iPods? It. You have an iPod I, still? I, I would <laughs> Podcast, Apple Podcast, whatever the app's called. I, I don't know. If, I might have an iPod somewhere in a, in a box. I could probably pull um, it out right in about 30 seconds if I tried. What's that? I said I could you probably got, yeah, pull it out. One? Yeah. I have a mini. I have a mini somewhere, like one of the like little square ones. I don't know where it is. Uh, anyways, uh, like, subscribe, review, share, all the good stuff, all the stuff that helps. iPods are the only reason I graduated college. Only reason you graduated college? I've ever told you the story. It's a long one, so it's probably not the place to do it right now. Was it basically like, if you graduate, you'll get an iPod? No, 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 no. Now do I have to tell it? I mean, So, like, I was, like, a freshman, sophomore, like, the first year that iPods came out um, mm -hmm. where you could actually have, like, text on your screen or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I just loaded in, like, every study guide and everything <laughs> as text files on my iPod. And no one ever, like, they the teachers had no idea what iPods did back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would just scroll through my notes while I, I took my test and sat on the desk. And uh, <laughs> did that for like a year or two and passed all these classes that I wouldn't have passed any other way. Well, there you go. And now, uh, now you have a real job. Thanks, uh, Steve Jobs, right? Yeah. Thanks, Apple. Um, what else? Is that it? Yeah. You got it? Yeah. No, that, that's, that's all I got. I don't have any stories of, of using iPods for nefarious purposes. Um, but And I got the iPod for free. It was like one of those weird websites where like, if you sign up for this and you get 10 people to sign up for this, you get a free iPod. And it, it <laughs> actually worked. So, there were so many of those. I remember, I mean, when I came up to my freshman orientation at VCU, one of the prizes you could win was an iPod. And it was like the biggest deal that like everybody wanted that iPod. I think I had to sign up for like a Blockbuster online account and then get 10 other people to sign up for a Blockbuster online account and get a free <laughs> iPod. And and those 11 accounts were why Blockbuster online lasted for as long as it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. All that I got planned is the weekend next. So I guess you can say TGIF is Friday, Friday. So shut Rebecca Black. It's Friday, Friday. No, it's not Saturday. All the days of the week are real nice days. But still, thank God it's Friday.